everyone and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky, where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. How are you all doing? I hope you're doing well. I know for a lot of us, we're going into nursery or school holidays, which whilst obviously lovely on one hand, can be incredibly overwhelming on the other. So I know for me, I'm just really focusing on self-care, keeping it simple, doing what I can. And I hope you are too. I hope you're not finding it too overwhelming. If you need any tips or just to vent, message me. I'm around. (laughs) Drop me a line on Instagram or you can email me zoe at motherkind.co. Anyway, on to this week's episode. It is with someone that you might not have heard of, but I'm sure you will have seen. Her name is Michelle Kennedy. She founded the app, which is called the Tinder for Mums, which is called Peanut. And I know a few of you use it because you've messaged me about it. So I'm sure you know the app, but you might not know Michelle. She founded it when she had her first baby, Finn who's now four and she found herself having gone from a really successful busy career in the world of dating apps actually to being at home with this little baby which I know we can all resonate with and feeling quite lonely and disconnected so she decided to do something about it and start peanut I went along to interview Michelle at her offices and I really didn't know what to expect you know when I go to do these interviews I've never met the person before we may have exchanged a few emails And Michelle just blew me away with her humility and her honesty. And even though she comes across, and this is just another lesson for me, I think, on how people come across on Instagram or in the press is not necessarily how they really are in real life. It sounds so obvious, doesn't it? But I think I had an impression of Michelle that she was clearly very successful. She looks very polished. And I wondered if we might be able to have that heart-to-heart connection, which, as you know, I really like to get with guests. And she blew me away and how honest she was. She was really, really honest. And I asked her some really deep probing questions about her childhood and what drives her and what her inner life is like. And she was very fearless and courageous, actually, in sharing with me and us what goes on for her. And I think, you know, we talk about her childhood and how that's influenced what she does today and how she works so hard and what she thinks about herself and... You know, what I find the most surprising is that despite clearly being really successful, you know, as a woman in tech, she's a trailblazer, I'd say. When I asked her whether she felt successful, she said she didn't. And we really dig into that. And that I sort of haven't been able to stop thinking about how hard we are on ourselves. So we talk about that. We talk about what it's like clearly to manage. I don't really like that word balance, although I think I did use it in the interview. But how does she manage, you know, a very fast growing startup with a busy family life? I was thinking the other day, when I wake up, the first thing I do, obviously, apart from thinking about Finn and how long I've got before he announces the morning arrival, is check my emails and check Peanut. And it is quite all consuming in that way. We talk about the values that she's trying to instill through her parenting. I want him to always question right and wrong. I think that's really important. He has this very strong sense of, like, injustice. Um, So if something isn't fair, he really always wants to challenge me on what's fair, which I'm interested in. So I'm just trying to, like, let him lead me a little bit, I suppose. We talk about her inner life, actually, and how she processes things. And, you know, it's really clear that she's hard on herself. So we talk about that. I had an email in my inbox saying, congratulations on the app store. And I was like, hi. 
So I opened the app store and we were up to date. The first thing in my head was, okay, that was in the UK, that's good. It's a shame we didn't have that new feature out. And I just loved chatting to Michelle. So I really hope you enjoy listening. As always, give me a review. <laughs> I know I say this every week. Regular listeners must be bored to hell of me saying that. Sorry, maybe I should stop saying it. Anyway, I really hope you enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think on Instagram or drop me a message. And here it is. So Michelle, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to do it. In your swanky offices. Oh, yeah, they're quite nice. <laughs> Unlike our office, which is actually a mess, <laughs> apart from that. So there might be a bit of background noise, but, you know, hopefully it won't be too loud. I'll try and keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess let's start at the start. So you started Peanut because of your experience of early motherhood. Can you just share a bit about how that felt and then how you came to start? Yeah, I had been working in the tech industry and... I was working for a dating platform. It was extremely busy, quite male, but I was around people all the time. And so you're working long hours. Your life is kind of very strongly tied, or mine was, to my career. So that meant, even from a social perspective, the people that I often saw on weeknights when I wasn't, you know, seeing my friends, it was a lot of work events. And I suppose that that really forms who you are. And I felt like it was quite a strong part of my identity. So when I had Finn, all of a sudden that stops. There is no, like, just going to have a drink at 7 o'clock with your friends. You're at home. It's quite sudden, isn't it? I found it very stark. Yeah, exactly that. And I suppose because you're trying to get to the point where you can go on mat leave, so you're working... Sometimes it gets busier. Exactly. You're doing your handover. You're making sure that you've got everything set up and ready. How far did you work up? I worked up to the week before. Did you? Yeah. And the only reason I stopped, (laughs) this is so embarrassing and also very sad, I had my Blackberry throwback and (laughs) I was crossing a road in Soho on my Blackberry, very heavily pregnant, and there was a dip in the road and I fell over. Oh, gosh. And because your bones are all getting into that bit where they're very supple and soft, I basically cracked my ankle bone and I had to have one of those robo boots. Oh, my gosh. It was nine months pregnant. Yeah, very dramatic. I mean, classic Michelle style. I'm in the middle of Soho with all these cool kids around me and I'm lying, like, on the floor. I couldn't lift myself up because I was very, very big when I was pregnant. It's quite a clear message around slowing down there, isn't it? I mean, also, like, get your head out of your email and actually look at what's around you. I had to call someone in my team to come and get me because I actually couldn't get anywhere. And Miranda kind of appeared to pick me up and took me back to the office, went to hospital. And all I could think was, am I going to give birth in the robo boot? Am I going to have to have... No, the robo boot thankfully came off. And actually it was my husband who was like, you can't go into the office. You're Mm. just going to have to take the next few days off. Mm. And so I did. Finn was a bit late I ended up having to have a C-section anyway. So it all kind did of Did you find that late. hard, having to stop? Yeah, I did. Were you a workaholic? Probably. Probably. Are you now? Yes. Now <laughs> it's even weirder because it's your thing. I'm an obsessive. Yeah. And everything relates to peanut and everything comes back. So how I, do you balance that then? You know, it's a really it? difficult one. I don't think I have balance. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, when I wake up, the first thing I do, obviously, apart from think about Finn and how long I've got before he announces the morning arrival, is check my emails and check Peanut. And 
it is quite all-consuming in that way. I think because I feel like a massive sense of responsibility as well. It's not just about me in a business. It's about the women who are using it and the impact on their lives and our investors and the people who really, you know, took a chance on us and the team. So I think all of that combined really means that... It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? It is, and it is quite all-consuming. How do you deal with that with yourself? Do you have therapy? Do you have self-care? Like, how do you not go mad? That's quite hard. Actually, for the first year of Peanut, I was most definitely crazy and quite So I was annoying. thinking about this because startups are such a roller coaster. They really and are. And early motherhood is such a roller coaster. And you did both at the same time. Yeah, they are quite similar, you know. Early motherhood is that quite lonely period where you have periods of time on your own. There are things that you want to say and you don't say because you're protecting your partner or your family or you don't want people to judge you. And I think that's actually quite similar for starting your own business. So there are things that I might be worried about or concerned about. Well, I don't share that with the team. My job as CEO is to motivate the team. It's lonely at the top, isn't it? It can be lonely. Exactly. So there's actually quite a lot of similarities and, you know, new things happen. New things happen when you have your child and you're kind of overjoyed and it's so exciting and the same happens with your business. Something happens and it's really exciting. That's what I mean by the roller coaster. The highs are high with both motherhood and absolutely they smile or they say they love you and then the lows are low the lows are, are how are do you low. handle the lows I think I'm getting better I'm learning I think I'm learning to not take everything so personally I have to repeat to myself sometimes it's business it's not personal but because peanut is such a personal business in terms of how closely related it is to my own experience and, and that's the power of it in some ways, isn't it? So yeah. you're holding quite a dichotomy. Exactly. And I think because of that, yeah, you get conflicting emotions. It's not personal, it's business. And yet it hurts as if it were personal sometimes. So those How do you handle hard. those hurts? Do you have a process that you go through? Do you do something? Is it going home to Finn? You know, I used to... I still do, actually. I have terrible insomnia. So I don't sleep very well. And it can be that I fall fast asleep and then I will wake up and my heart is racing or I feel quite anxious. anxiety. Yeah. Because I've remembered something that maybe I didn't complete or something that's obviously troubling me at the back of my mind kind of springs forward. And so I do have those moments. I'm getting better. I have the Calm app on my phone. I love the Calm app. I'm all about it. I mean, it. I'm a meditation teacher and I still use it. Do you? Yeah, yeah, because I thought I just... I like measurement and goals. Yes. So I find it quite helpful because I do it every day. I like looking at all the green dots for like a year. That is me. (laughs) Also, I wonder whether that's something to do with how we start out. So as women, I think we are quite used to having goals and measurements in terms of go to school, get your grades, get to university, get your career. You know, I feel like we've had this. It's just a woman thing. I feel there's more pressure on women, actually. I think we have quite a lot of pressure to do things traditionally. You can be whatever you want as long as you do it in this way. I certainly felt that. The more women I speak to, I think that we have quite prescribed roots sometimes. It's a bit like you get a boyfriend or a partner and everyone's like, are you going to get married? And then you get married and it's like, are you going to have a baby? And I feel like it's quite prescribed roots. I do think, actually, that men often have the freedom to be a little bit more, oh, he's just finding his way trying a few things out and I don't know whether we really have that maybe we're getting it more but certainly I didn't feel like I did I think that comes down to a lot of what your parents are like for sure 
I mean, definitely. Were your parents high achievers? Not at all. Um, Were they hard on you? High expectations? Very, very. So I'm an only child. My mum was one of 16. My dad was one one of of 10. One of 16? Yeah, so they're both from really big families. So then they pendulumed the other way and just had one kid? Just me. And... You know, my mum worked part-time. My dad was a sparky. He was an electrician. So the work ethic was really strong. Yeah. Well, that makes sense with your tendency to work on them. Yeah. So they worked hard. They were very strict with me. And probably, you're right, that's why I was very much, this is a prescribed route. I think it's the other thing that threw me about motherhood. All of a sudden, there are no goals there are no targets in the same way. You're not or even more dangerous, you seek those in books like Gina Ford and try and stick to it and then beat yourself up when your baby doesn't follow the rules. Why isn't my baby rolling? Why isn't my baby sitting up? Yeah. All of those things. And it becomes... Did you have that? Yeah, I did. It becomes quite unhealthy, actually. It's massively unhealthy. All of a sudden, you know, where are my KPIs? And, you know, well, this is I what I say. This is, this is what I say, which is fascinating. It's often like the things that made us successful pre-motherhood, like control, perfectionism, hard work achieving things are actually the things that work to our detriment when we become mums because we can't control the kids there's nothing perfect about it there's no goals there's no kpis it's just days to fill and i think that's why so many mums suffer from pnd anxiety loss of identity crisis because we've never learned some of those skills in order to let go and go with the flow because it's so alien that's it letting go and going with the flow is just not something that i knew how to do have you learned now definitely with finn Okay. Much more so. What's so. your parenting style like with Finn? Finn asks so many questions. He's Does very he? inquisitive. And I'm currently learning how to navigate around some of the more challenging questions. Like what? So he, he wants to really understand everything. He asked about babies the other day. But how does the baby get into the mummy's tummy? Well, part of me wants to stay? talk about a science kind of a scientific answer my parents were very very prudish about things and I I don't want to be in that way but also I'm aware he's full and I want to try and do it in the right way oftentimes I go to a book let's go read about it together because I feel like someone else's explanation is probably stronger than mine (laughs) or very occasionally "Mm, that's an excellent question Finn let's ask daddy because I always say that's a great question what do you think right and then Jesse comes up with these crazy mad ideas about stuff and I'm like that's so cool and then we move on great I love that (laughs) I went for special cuddle yeah that's what my parents said yeah I went for special Special cuddle, cuddle and then we went and read a book which obviously wasn't really about a special cuddle I think by that point he'd obviously it's hard to know the age appropriateness I think very hard no one teaches you no one tells you this stuff no he's very inquisitive I try to let him lead me in terms of the questions that he asks I want him to always question right and wrong and I think that's really important he has this very strong sense of like injustice Mm. Um, so if something isn't fair he really always wants to challenge me on what's fair which I'm interested in so I'm just trying to like let him lead me a little bit I suppose and be honest and not hide things within degrees and do you have guilt the guilt's terrible can I tell you about something this morning and actually before you arrived I was thinking about it I needed to take a picture of he and I reading a book for something something. and I was kind of getting ready for work and trying to get out of the house and get everyone sorted. And I was like, Finn, can you just sit on my lap and we'll just read this book quickly? And he looked at me and he said, no, mummy, why? And I knew that 
basically I was contriving the situation and I chose a book that was they can smell that a mile off can't they desperation on my part quickly let's do it and I was thinking about it as I before you arrived you know I hope that doesn't stay with him today that mummy just kind of quickly flew through a book to get the picture to get that done on her to-do list so the guilt he probably hasn't thought about it he definitely hasn't thought about it again but because I feel guilty about it so the guilt comes at all different levels and you know traveling is hard and I missed his sports day because we were working. But then, you know, I made sure that I'm there for the school concert and it was amazing. So it's constantly a sense of, am I damaging him? That's my biggest guilt. Gosh, is, is a this, heavy weight yes. you put on yourself. Is he going to carry this around? But then I look at him and he's so happy and he's so But you know funny. all the studies that children of working mothers, it's really, really positive, all the studies that they've done. I know. And do you know what? There is an element of pride when he will say, my mummy built this or my mummy did that. And, you know, he does understand that. It's also important for him to know you want something in life, you knuckle down and you work hard for it. Yeah, well, all the studies, I obviously read a lot of this. You know, what children really need is happy, emotionally healthy, joyful parents. Yeah. And if working gives them that, then that's a really good thing. Yeah. It's far better that someone is out there doing their thing, loving life. You know, they see someone in love with life. That's really different than someone feeling frustrated, resentful at home all day. Exactly. It's really different energy. And I think it's what works for different people, right? So for me, I definitely feel a better mother to Finn because I'm working. So then why all the guilt? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because I think that's true. And I, you know, and I work with hundreds of mums yeah. one with this stuff. And yeah. I believe that with all my heart, that we are better mothers if we're living our passion. If that passion is staying at home or that passion is right. going to work or anything in between. I suppose the guilt comes because something has to give sometimes. Yeah. And when it's it has to give. perfection idea, isn't it? Exactly. You're a perfectionist. Yes, I think so. I think that's quite... It can't be a perfect... Mama, perfect. Boss, perfect. CEO. That's right. That's right. And actually, I do try and tell myself that Facebook adage of done is better than perfect. And I try and live by that. And I'm getting much better at that. When Finn... Well, like this morning, you you did it. And he he will remember, mummy read me a story this morning. That's it. And it's only my inner turmoil (laughs) driving me to despair. But it's universal, isn't it? Exactly. That's why why mum guilt is a big topic, because it's so universal. And also I wonder, like, when he was, for his first birthday, I remember doing a themed party. I mean, this makes me laugh now, as if he can remember around Christmas, he's born in December. And then for his second birthday, it was themed around in the night garden. And I had some guy come dressed as... Iggle Piggle and quite creepy but I did all of that he doesn't want that no actually he just wants to be with his best friend and have a pizza party with some entertainers which is just wants a day of undivided attention from exactly and playing and laughing and being silly so I'm getting better at done is better than perfect because my idea of perfect is not his idea of perfect anyway yeah and of course perfect is unachievable completely do you see that a lot on pages so pages is peanuts new content yeah. How would you describe it? I suppose it's our version of the forums and the Facebook groups. Yeah. So it's yeah. user-generated content. I was really happy to see you launch that. It, someone needed to do it. It's so important. Yeah. We have to yeah. have a modern version of being able to ask other women questions yeah. in a safe space and not feel judged. Do you have weird acronyms? I haven't actually looked at it a lot. No. Yes. There are none. Good. There are none. Good. Which is great because Good. I remember those acronyms. I'm and like, Googling what them. the hell what is, is everyone talking what about? What is DS? Yeah, what is DS? L-O? What? what do they mean? 
uh, no, the acronyms have not made it into the That's good news. Um, actually, the hottest topic of conversation last night, which was, I mean, I was really into it, but was about Kylie Jenner having her baby's ears pierced. Interesting. Okay. And there was a lot of kind of like discussion around it and how people felt about it and what they thought. Overwhelmingly, the conversation, every time someone made a comment, their end comment was, but ultimately it's your decision. And I just thought, yes, that's right. People want to have the discussion, but no one's saying, and you're a bad mother if. And I think that's really important. It's really important. Well, I think that's testament to the community that you've created, the kindness. Thank you. That runs through all of it that I've definitely seen. Yeah, I hope so. It's that part actually is is really important. I saw another topical news thing. Serena Williams tweeted the other day the fact that she'd missed her baby's first steps because she was training and the guilt that she felt. And the overwhelming response actually was, it's okay, we all miss things, or you didn't miss it, she was just practising for when you got home. Yeah. And it was so supportive. A quick reframe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was so supportive and so amazing. And I just thought, yes, we are finally breaking through this kind of guilt and mum shaming into support. We've got a long way to go, but we're getting there. Mm. It's really important because we're hard enough on ourselves. We don't well, this is why this is why I call it mother kind. Because my overwhelming sense when I became a mum was like, we're all so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I realised that in a lot of this, that was deeply ingrained. And then I think motherhood is a natural time when we question that. Yeah, I think that's right. I always laugh about whether it's the Irish Catholic guilt that I carry around. I feel guilty for everything. But yeah, I mean, that, that, that won't help. That, that probably that is a help. part. Yeah, yeah, that probably is a part. But I think that what is really important is having people around you, a community of women around you, who say to you, no, you're doing great. Yeah. What do you mean? You're yeah. doing a great job. Yeah. yeah. That's really important. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We would never speak to a good friend how we speak to ourselves. Completely. Ever. Like a good friend would say to you, like I just did. No, Finn loved that story this morning. You always need that. It's so true. And one of my girlfriends the other day sent me a message about, God, I feel disgusting at the moment. She used those words. God, I feel disgusting at the moment. And I was so upset. And I replied to her saying, how dare you? (laughs) Don't say that about yourself. How would you feel if I said that to you? You're listening. You're right there. You're hearing yourself What do you mean? You're You're stunning. And, you know, you're doing a great job and all these things. I think it's really sad that we say things like that or we have those thoughts about ourselves. Mm. That's sad. Mm. Is that your mission then? Is that your why? I think my why is you need to have support. We all need it. Whether we like to say it or not, we all need it. And so my why is if one woman gets one other woman to say something supportive to her, it could change her view of herself, could change her view of parenting it could change her view of the world on a like really macro level and so just to be able to generate that like one support is really important mm-hmm. well you've done that you think have you got 300,000 as the last yeah. time I mean that's amazing yeah it's so I mean do you feel so successful cool. oh gosh no I mean I don't gosh, that's so interesting yeah, so no. I look at you and I'm like god you are just doing an amazing job and you're being honest and you're out there and I think you're doing great things for women in tech and mothers and working mothers and to you say you don't feel successful oh (laughs) I'm like I'm blushing it's so lovely for you to say it and thank you I don't know do I feel successful no I just feel like I suppose I'm always thinking about the next thing that we need to do and what's coming next and do you ever celebrate yourself and your successes Um, I would say I'm not great at that 
No, that is not something that I find easy. And why is that, do you think? You're always striving. I mean, given what you told me about your your parents, that makes sense. You know, I don't know. I think probably I do have that thing where, of course, I want to make them proud. And of course, I want to show them that I appreciate everything that they did for me to give me opportunity that they didn't have. And is that a driving force for you? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I know that they made a lot of sacrifices. You know, I grew up in Peterborough, so for a little girl in Peterborough to be going to ballet every week and whatever, I know that they worked really hard to give me opportunities like that. So, yeah, I suppose there is an element of paying it forward to them and making them feel like it was worth it. What do you think it would take to make you integrate the success that you've had internally? Oh, gosh. I said we went deep. That is deep. <laughs> what would I it did take? You. What would it take? I don't know, but I'd love to know. Do you want to, do you want to sell um, that? Do you want to do you know, have I a just, bigger impact? I think about the impact and I think about globally and I think about women's lives and support. There are some amazing charities around at the moment that I've become more aware of them recently, like Women for Women and Mother yeah, to Mother. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. And for me, they really tie into everything that is important to me about Peanut. And so I think about how Peanut could be helpful in those developing countries eventually. And I think about that whole landscape. And that's exciting to me. But does that mean success? I don't know. Do you have a version of success for yourself? I suppose I have like a personal version of success. Personally, obviously, I want Finney to be the best version of himself that he can be and feel happy and feel confident. And professionally, I feel... The best version of success for me would be making other women feel able to do stuff. And whether that is eventually that I become involved in the investment community so I can give other women the opportunity to start their business, that's something that I do think about and I do care about. And that's needed, isn't it? Much needed. And so I do care about that, whether it's to do with mentoring. And I actually got myself into the position where I was speaking to so many different women about their businesses. I was like, actually, this is going to be to the detriment of my own business. And I had to kind of... Say, that might be the people pleaser you Exactly, <laughs> like, I want to help, I want to help, I want yeah. to help. And eventually I was like, so actually I can't help all of you. Let me give my time to one person usefully. Um, yeah. So I've just yeah, started doing smart. that. Yeah. So I suppose there are those parts of the vision of success, but I suppose it's like an evolving story. Maybe you don't really know what your version of success is until you hit it and you're like, yeah, that feels good. Don't know. Mm, interesting. I don't think I've ever hit it. Yeah. I don't know if I ever will. I think that's why I'm quite into celebrating the tiny little things. I really need to get better at that. It's just a practice. It doesn't come naturally. Yeah. I'm very similar to you. You know, and I used to be very similar to you, I guess. I've, you know, my meditation, it's softened me somewhat. But yeah, I'm good at doing that. Like giving myself time and to really think. Like I I was telling you, a a couple of GPs have messaged me saying that they've been almost prescribing the podcasts. Amazing. I know. And so I I took some time, just five minutes to integrate that and be like, feel that pride. Yeah, because it's so funny. You told me that and I was like, that's amazing. Yes, you were like, and I was like, wow, coming from you, that's cool. That's so amazing. So when I hear about other people, I'm like, wow, she's killing it. She's doing amazing. That's how I feel about you. Yeah. That's so easy to do it for others. It it? is. I I think that's the practice is like, how can we turn 10% of that compassion and kindness for others back to ourselves? Completely. I think that's it. That's what I just try to do. I have a friend and I love her outlook on life because she does celebrate the wins. Mm. She does think about 
what success has meant for her and is meaning for her. And she also projects into the future. This is where I'm going to be. Yeah. And it's going to be incredible. You've got to have a vision. And this is something I'm imagining myself winning this or I'm imagining myself achieving this. Visualisation. And it's going to be amazing. And she's great at it. And uh, we were just on holidays together recently and she gave me an article and she was like, you need to read this. And it was basically about kind of how you can think yourself and the positive attitude that you can have can have such an impact on your end goals and your end results. Well, that's me. I'm all about the visualisation. So I was visualising my podcast being number one. I had it printed on my wardrobe door. I mocked it up. Honestly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it happened. So here's a weird thing about me. Because I love this, and I'm learning from Freddie all the time when she tells me this stuff. I'm like, oh, right, okay. Oh, Freddie Harrell. Yes. She's going to build a podcast next ah, week. Yeah. Well, you can ask her about it. Ask yeah. her about the article she yeah. gave me. Anyway, and she's very good, and I'm, I'm trying to learn about it. But for me, I have this weird thing. This is so strange, and I can't believe I'm talking about it. But I have weird superstitions. Right, okay. So I have this thing where if I think it could happen, it won't come true. Very strange, very yeah. odd. So I don't allow myself because then if I think about it and it doesn't come true, the disappointment is almost. Did you have? Too much. You must. I mean, we're not going to go into therapy, but you must have had a big disappointment. Maybe. I've, yeah, I've had your, a, I, in an early experience. I've, I've, I've had a few things. I yeah, suppose. Yeah. So it's a part of you just trying youth. to keep yourself safe. Safe. That's all exactly. it is. So it's a part of you going. When I really wanted that to happen when I was little, it didn't. That hurt like hell. Yeah. So it's a part of you that's just like, I don't want to feel that hurt again. So I'm not gonna. I think that is exactly it. When I say it to any kind of grown up. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm a bit superstitious. Everyone looks at you like. Wow, that's weird and quite crazy. It's not weird. Um, it's so not I'm, weird. I'm trying to like be a grown up now and, and shake it off. And it, it's similar things like I think it's about honouring. This is what I do when I'm coaching someone. It's just about honouring where that's come from. There's, okay. a, there's, there's like a little girl in there who's doesn't want to get hurt. Again. Yeah, it's totally natural. That's what you do. I don't talk about anything until it's happened. So, for example, okay. we had this big feature at WWDC by Apple which is their biggest event yeah, at the conference. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's so exciting. We were four months old when it was happening. I'd spoken to some very senior people at Apple who had told me that it was happening. I'd provided all of the artwork. I saw it. It was amazing. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And yet I couldn't speak about it and I couldn't speak it because if I spoke it, it might not come true, even though I knew it was happening. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's quite strange. It's not strange. Um, it just makes sense given... You know, if you've had something like yeah. that, that's just your mind's way of trying to avoid pain. So we're I, always avoiding pain or seeking pleasure. That's all we're ever doing. Yeah. So that's just your mind's way of avoiding. It makes total sense to me that that's what you'd do. Right. You would just need to honour that and then change it. So I'm trying to change it. I'm trying How to are take, you trying to change I'm it? trying to take Fred's attitude of thinking about visualisation. Yeah, say, yeah. And thinking about... Because there is an element of my role where I have to do that. I have to think about the big picture for Peanut. I have to think about where we're going to get to and the roadmap to do it. I suppose what I don't ever do is that moment where I visualise me owning it and doing it. Yeah, that's Um, that's important. I do that a lot. But then I think there's the two sides of it. So I'll do a lot of visualisation of the impact I want to have. But mainly I focus on how I want to feel. That's interesting. Because if I get all that stuff but I don't feel good or successful, as we were talking about, then what's the point? So I'd be like, I want to feel fulfilled and I'll imagine myself feeling that feeling rather than what it's going to give me. But then the other side of it that I think is super important, a lot of people miss out, is then 
the trust and like I call it handing it over. Yeah. So it's like if this is in my highest good, yeah, it will happen. If it's not, there's something bigger or better or different on its way. So then I'm not like crazy about it. Do you know what I mean? I'm yes. not like obsessive. And then not crushed. And this has to happen my way. That's more control. Like that's yeah. not helpful. Yeah. The feeling it is really interesting. Feeling it's really important. Monday morning I woke up and I'd actually been away from my mother-in-law had just had a big birthday and we kind of had a family weekend and I woke up at stupid o'clock 4 30 and I had an email in my inbox saying congratulations on the app store I was like oh so I opened the app store and we were app of the day totally didn't know about it it was a great plug it was like the mother of all social networks and I was like amazing it is because when Ashton Kutcher tweeted you (laughs) that was cool I did do a little victory dance for that (laughs) Uh, and I opened the app store and the first thing in my head wasn't oh my god that's amazing the first thing in my head was okay that was in the UK that's good it's a shame we didn't have that new feature out when that happened oh my god you're so hard on yourself and so it's that kind of thing that you are so feeling hard it yeah. is something I need to work on. Yeah. But we all do. I don't think this stuff, you know, and I've coached hundreds of women yeah. and, and have spoken to far more over the years and none of this comes naturally unless you were given, you know, the best parents ever who are both psychotherapists. Yeah. You know, there are a few people yeah, like yeah. that who, you know, really, most of us have to learn it. Yeah. It's really interesting. I wonder whether it's degrees of how we are spoken to as children and what we're rewarded for. It's all about that. So I think it's all about that. I have a friend who is a primary school teacher at Farley and she is just hysterical in in many ways. But she always says to me, you mustn't say to Finn, good boy, well done. What you have to say is, Finn, I love the way you... Yeah, specific phrases. That's really important. And so, and I catch myself doing it and I then have to say, what I really love about your colouring is when you used red for this part or whatever it might be, because I want him to know that the effort is as important as the outcome. Yeah, it's really important. And I do the same with Jesse. Yeah, it's quite hard though, isn't it? Is it? Hard Particularly if you weren't raised in that way. Well, this is what it's all about. Yeah. And, you know, this is my journey is that I'm totally transforming my emotional parenting and how I was emotionally parented and that's exhausting actually and that's why I have so much support around me because it's really hard it is really hard but I always think as well like with Jessie like I know that I will fuck her up on some level because all parents do but I just want her to know what to do about that so I'm really open about therapy both my husband and I have therapy we talk about it a lot I'll say oh mummy when I was growing up this was you know and I'll just be so open or if I'm angry, but I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling. I use grown-up words. I'll use words like triggered around her. Yeah, that's I know. I know that she'll grow up with stuff. Everyone does. Yeah, because that's more pressure on me, right? Yeah, I'm like, right. That's not helpful. Yeah, but I'm like, I just want her to know that when she has stuff, it's totally cool just to go and see someone or work through it. Do you think that there's something? about the Brits we're not very good at it everyone in the US does it everyone in the US everyone talks about it very openly yeah I know and we're not very good at, I went to see someone about my sleeping because actually I got to the point where I was like yeah, it's driving not me sleeping a bit it's hard it, it's also you're not productive because you're tired so I went to speak to this woman kind of like a sleep therapy and it was so funny I felt really embarrassed about did it did you? yeah very I felt very like like you'd failed somehow yeah or almost like Gosh, what will people think if they know that I'm speaking to someone about not sleeping? Like, they'll be thinking, she's a bit, what's wrong with her? Or I just felt there would be an element of judgment. 
Would you ever judge, like, with me to be at therapy? Love it. Yeah. I'm like, go, girl. Yeah, see, that's just so interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? How we talk to ourselves is so different than how we talk yeah. to it's so interesting. Anyway, it w- I have to say, it worked. I've definitely got better. Did it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it will never, I don't think I'll ever be a brilliant sleeper, but it's definitely improved just in terms of little techniques to do and try. And I try and be better with myself before I go to bed about phone use, and which is always hard because I do use the Calm app for the sleep stories. Yeah, so I've thought that a few times. This moment where I'm like, I'm not meant to be using my phone, but I really, so I put it on airplane mode. Yeah. downloaded the sleep yeah. story so you can download them yeah. and put it on airplane mode yeah yeah and I also take the blue yeah exactly because that's the main thing because it blocks melatonin which yeah. we need to sleep exactly so I do those things and then I listen to the sleep stories and it's getting better I love those sleep stories amazing I'm obsessed with this one about the yurt oh I don't know that oh one. Oh my god I'm obsessed I, I could talk so to you good. at length about it's my so favourite good. one what's the, your favourite one I really like the one about the story in Morocco yes that's another favourite great the roses one where he goes and he's got glass and the other man gives him all of his wealth oh I don't know oh one. it's great it's I know amazing. the roses one in Morocco no, I don't and know. the one in Bali oh they're so good everyone yes. you just have to you get have calm to. The other one, these sleep stories that you really do and the other one that I think is amazing, and it, that is one thing that I do have as a goal, is girl, and she goes to the southernmost point of Argentina in order to go to Antarctica to see the penguins. Oh, yeah. I'm not listening to that one. It's my favourite. This is like my obsessive side. See, I find one that I love, like that yurt one, yeah. and then I'll listen to it for like three weeks. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, Absolutely. I don't, I don't want to listen to I could one. probably recite... The journey to Antarctica one. Yeah. I could probably yeah. recite it with her. I really I love as well. They've actually inspired me with new travel ideas. Yes, completely. Which is not a benefit I thought I'd get from it. Absolutely. I'm definitely, I've got this Argentina and then, what was the other one? Oh, it's the temples. Oh yeah, I love that one. Great one. Yeah, in Japan. In Japan. Yeah, I love that one. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Love it. Can't so recommend good. it enough. So what is next for Peanut? So we are working really hard on the product. We've got some new product developments coming out. We just launched in Australia oh, well done. this week. So that was cool. We've been getting so much inbound about when are you coming to Australia? When are you coming? Actually, I was I brought it forward. I wasn't planning to do it. And I just thought, you know what, we've got so much demand. Let's just release it and, yeah. and yeah. see. So that's been going unbelievably this week. So it's really great. We're just doing more work on product. More markets will come eventually. And it's just about really listening and speaking to the users and, and understanding what they want from next steps. We've got some cool partnerships coming up. So it's it's a good time. It's a busy time. August is always quiet for us, actually, because I think maybe mums are chilling, maybe, in the sun, or we've got our team kind of off and around. So August, I'm, I'm looking nice forward to, to having a, lull, though, isn't a it? little bit of a quiet period. So I guess Finn's on holidays as well. He is now on school holidays. Yeah. Well, he starts school properly in September, but he's now just on like break from school, from nursery. And every day is about a play date. So that's hard. <laughs> yeah. I have to come to work. His life is amazing. I mean, it's just amazing, isn't it? To be like, so I've got a play date with Ravel today. Then I've got a play date with Daniel. I'm like, okay, life. Yeah. Amazing. No, so good. Yeah. So at the end of every interview, I ask the same question, which you'll know because you have listened, yes. which is if you could give one thing to all the mums in the world, what would it be and why? A support network. Because we need each other and we need to help each other. And it costs you nothing to help a woman out in a very small way. 
And that help could literally be a smile. Mm. It costs you nothing. It takes no time at all. But you might absolutely change her day because you don't know what's gone on before she left the house or whatever it might be. So a support network because everything is better when you have people around you to help. And generally speaking, I have found motherhood is better when I've got other women around me. Definitely is. So that's what I is. And Pina is a great place to be. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. So that's it. Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please do leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. If you were listening to that episode, thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about, then just tag them in on Instagram. My bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there. People often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends. So if that's you, then please do. I feel like the guests that we have on the podcast, their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide. So help me make that happen. I'd be very grateful. And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also, just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my programme, which is a three-month programme called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Nicole. And if you enjoy this show, you will love our podcast, Self Care Club. Every week, we trial a different form of self care and report back on the results. We've tried everything from cuddle therapy, setting boundaries, laughter yoga, and many more. Two friends who rarely agree on anything, testing out the world of self care so you don't have to. We've even written a book dedicated to self care practices that cost you nothing. You can listen to Self Care Club wherever you get your podcasts. Or to purchase our book, search Have You Tried This on Amazon.